Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Now that my children are nine and six, I look back at their baby photos, and of course, I see their current selves in those baby pictures. The shape of an eye, a hint of a personality, an upper lip. And of course, we can do this with ourselves too, looking back on old throwback Thursday pictures. But is there actual continuity in who we are? Not physically, but on the inside. Do you feel like you're the same person you've always been, or does the you of 5 or 10 or 20 years ago feel like a stranger? As we return to old friends and family this week, today we're joined by New Yorker writer Joshua Rothman to discuss his magazine feature, Are You Who You Used To Be? That's all coming up next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. I... I think I want to believe that people can and do change. Otherwise, what's the point of all this living? Don't we want to get better to grow and change? On the other hand, I also want to believe that there's some core of our being that we carry with us through, the, through our lives. Some essential core that's us. Like, there has to be a you in there, right? This deep and essential tension to just being alive as a human is the subject of Joshua Rothman's New Yorker story, Are You Who You Used to Be?, He's the ideas editor and a writer at the magazine, and he joins us this morning. Welcome, Joshua. Hi, thanks for having me. So to set up this conversation, I think you need to tell us a little bit about your four-year-old who really seemed to inspire this story. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's right. Well, I have a son who's four, um, and, um, you know, I've just noticed, I mean, I imagine all parents are like this, but I've, I've just noticed, you know, he seems like he's a fully formed person. Like he has his own personality and everything, but like being four, he's not going to remember too much about, um, about who he is right now. Um, and I guess just, you know, being around a person who's constantly changing, who's growing every day and who sort of can't remember what he was like just uh, six months ago, just got, you know, it gets you thinking about um, how much you know about who you've been in the past and, and whether you might have been a different person back then. You know, if you if you think about your oldest friends who know you so well, what would they say uh, about whether you've changed or whether you've been the same? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think many parents experience that absolute strangeness of like other personhood, like another being that just seems to appear out of nothing, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think also just being, just being a person, I mean, everyone knows... Um, I mean, I, you know, when I just think about my own family, I just feel that people fall into two camps. And this is like maybe too simple, but it often seems like there's one group of family members who feel that they've always been exactly the same. They almost take pride in being uh, people who've never changed. You know, like, like you know, they're, they're, they're a rock. You know who they are. And then I know another group of people who seem like they're always changing and sort of take pride in that, that they've, you know, changed so much. They're always evolving. They've they used to be so different than they are today. It's just people have very strong and uh, divergent sort of intuitions about this aspect of who they are. When you kind of gave the parable of the Tims, two different Tims in your life, 
who seem to embody these things. Maybe you could just give us their profiles quickly so we can, you know, see who we, what camps we sort into here. Sure thing. So, you know, <laughs> the two Tims are two real Tims who I happen to know. Uh, one Tim is my father-in-law and another Tim is my friend from high school. Um, and, and probably we all know versions of these Tims. Um, my, you know, my father-in-law, he's older. He's, um, he's a person who feels he's been pretty much the same uh, for, for his whole life. And just judging from the outside, that seems true. You know, he's been a Yankees fan his whole life. He's been interested in, uh, in history uh, pretty much his whole life. He's always been a New Yorker. Uh, when he tells stories about his childhood, it's like they just happened. They're totally fresh. Mm. Um, he has like running jokes with friends that go back decades. This is a really continuous person who, you know, it's, it's one of the great things about knowing him is, is you feel like you're knowing someone um, with a history. Mm-hmm. And then my other, uh, the other Tim, my high school friend, uh, is, he's probably the most changeable individual I know. And I think he, he would agree with that. Um, you know, when I knew him first, uh, when we were kids, he was so small and skinny, he was always getting beaten up. Um, then somehow, you know, he grew and became a giant, uh, you know, muscular kind of Jason Momoa type guy. He joined the Marines and, and went off to war. Um, and he's a completely different person now. He, you, you wouldn't physically recognize who he is. And he's had many different careers. He's worked in, you know, all sorts of different industries. He's, he's never settled down, never married. Um, he's always changing and he, he prides himself on that. Um, these two Tims just have totally different, you know, I guess my father-in-law, Tim, it's like his, his, his life is one story. Um, you know, one, one plot arc, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whereas, uh, my friend Tim, it's more like he's, uh, you know, an anthology series. It's like every, <laughs> every new season seems to start with, you know, uh, it's like, it's like the white Lotus is in a different country this year. It's, it's just a different, a different story with different characters and different themes. Obviously there are continuities, but really change is so important to, to who he is. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of us have, you know, I mean, you, you know, I, don't, I wonder how you feel about yourself, but you know, yeah, we, we yeah, all seem yeah. to, have, to have different ideas of who we are. Well, and I think, you know, the, the kind of typology you introduce in the story, and I think it comes from the philosopher Galen Strassen, is like continuer versus a divider. You know, your father-in-law, Tim, he's the continuer. Friend, Tim, is the divider. So I'm sitting at the dinner table with my wife and our best friend last night, and I tell them about, you know, these continuers and these dividers. And what was fascinating was they immediately were just like, oh, continuer. And I immediately was like, oh, no, I'm a divider. <laughs> like, I definitely have changed, and I see that change. I, I am, I'm curious, you, how, how do you, where do you place yourself on that spectrum? Well, I feel like a divider. Uh, I think a lot of, um, I mean, this is part of the reason I wrote the piece. I, I was just so interested in this. I mean, I think people who know me uh, my whole life feel I've always been the same. But that's not how it feels uh, from the inside. From the inside... It feels to me like I've had several pretty distinct life chapters, um, and uh, and you know I can pinpoint the, the the sort of periods of time when big changes happened in who I was. Um, I can recall you know uh, particular conversations or you know a particular season when I felt that uh, oh I have to change who I am or um, oh you know I, I look back on what I was like at certain times and I want to shake myself and say come on man like don't. Don't be that way. That's the old me. Um, you know, I, I feel like a pretty, um, pretty much, you know, a, a person with chapters. But, you know, one of the things that Galen Strawson talks about, um, you know, Galen Strawson's a philosopher and he's written a lot about the self, um, is that, you know, it's really, there's many different ways of experiencing the continuity of yourself. Uh, everyone finds their own 
way of sort of dividing up time or connecting it together in their lives. I mean, a life is long and you have to find a way of understanding um, its, its, its length. Um, so that there are some people who are really, uh, they go beyond being a divider to being a person who's almost kind of just lives in the present. Um, they, they might not have that much, they don't think about the past very often, or maybe they don't even think about the future very often. They sort of like live in the moment. That's, that's one way of, of being, you almost, you know, if you're that way, you almost don't even seem to be troubled by these questions. Um, other people are, uh, extremely on the other end, they feel, um, like they have a life project that's been going their whole lives. Uh, you know, for example, you'll, you'll meet some artists. They've been making the same kind of art mm. their whole lives. Um, they've been painting the same images of their hometowns, for example, uh, their whole lives. The, the past is very present um, with them. Um, so it's really about, you know, finding everyone finds their own place on this uh, spectrum. And then one of the questions that you have to ask yourself is why? You know, why have I chosen this uh, way of looking at how time has passed for me? We're talking with Joshua Rothman, an ideas editor and a writer at The New Yorker magazine. Got a big uh, story called, Are You the Same Person You Used to Be? And we would love to hear from you. Do you out there, listeners, feel like the same person you were, you know, 5, 10, 20 years ago? Or do you feel like your past self is a stranger? You can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Eight, six. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're KQED Forum, and the email is forum at kqed.org. You know, I, was, I found myself curious whether there was any research on, you know, people who've had, like, immigration experiences. You know, like, my dad came to this country when he was 18, and, you know, obviously that sort of cut him off from some people in, in Mexico. Or, you know, I was thinking about people, you know, in the LGBTQ community who, you know, may have come out as trans or, or gay. Do we know if that makes people more likely to be a continuer or a divider? Or is it something that actually is kind of almost underneath those types of uh, of experiences? That's a great question. I mean, so much depends on what you mean when you talk about having changed or having been the same. So, you know, some of the best work on this subject, and I talk about this in the piece, is, you know, these longitudinal studies that follow people from the time they're very, very small children, sometimes even, you know, two or three years old, through to adulthood. You know, I don't know if you've seen um, the documentary series called, it's called the Up series. Um, and it, it, it's a, it's English, it's a British documentary show that follows the same group of people checking in on them every seven years. Um, there's, you know, social scientists have done versions of this where they follow individuals for decades all the way through their lives. And you know, what they find is that there's certain types of traits that there's certain personality types that do seem to persist in a, a meaningful way. And they're the personality types that um, that shape the social world, world around a person most decisively. Um, so, you know, if you're younger and you get in a lot of arguments with people, for example, you're, you're a cantankerous individual. Hmm. Um, well, you're likely to maintain to continue being that way for quite a long time, in part because your um, sort of uh, oppositional stance towards others hmm. creates an oppositional world around around you, and uh, it's a little bit of a self fulfilling prophecy. There's a sort of uh, self development aspect, like you create a world around yourself that 
reinforces who you are. You pick, you pick a niche. Um, and often, you know, what a lot of this work shows is, you know, this niche that we build around ourselves, the world we build around ourselves keeps us who we are. Um, if that world changes a lot, like let's say uh, you marry somebody and that person now kind of is your world. They shape your household, they shape your intimate life, your family life. You can change quite a lot. Um, so a lot of the changes that, that people talk about, um, you know, on, on this level happen because of, you know, changes in the context in which they live. Immigration is a great example where um, you're changing so much about yourself, uh, about your world, that it's almost like you can't help but change as well. Um, and and that's, that's certainly a part of it. Um, but having said all that, even if nothing changes outwardly in your life, even if you um, basically live in the same place you've always lived and you have the same friends you've always had, you can still feel that you've changed uh, quite a lot. This is as much about um, how we feel about ourselves as it is about Our the sort of objective facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me cut it. We're talking with Joshua Rothman, ideas editor at The New Yorker, also a writer for the magazine. Got a story. Are you the same person you used to be? Which got us thinking, since so many of us are going home or having people come home for Thanksgiving. Do you feel like the same person you were 5, 10, 20 years ago? Or does it feel like your past self really is a stranger? Don't even recognize them. You can give us a call, 866-733-6786. Or as the phone lines fill up, there's always Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's KQED Forum. And the email is forum at kqed.org. We'll get to some of your calls right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We are talking with Joshua Rothman, ideas editor at The New Yorker, also writer for the magazine. But his story kind of getting at this fundamental human tension of are we the same people that we used to be or are we strangers to our past selves? And, you know, I wanted to ask you before we go to the phone lines, you know, it's one thing to kind of be contemplating these things internally, you know, kind of just by yourself and for yourself. How does it change when, say, you go to a family reunion or a Thanksgiving dinner table and people say, you know, you've changed so much or you haven't changed at all? uh, And that doesn't match up with kind of how you see yourself. Yeah, that's got to be just a universal experience or, you know, like a college reunion. Anytime you're around people who've known you since since forever, um, there's that tension of like, do you really know who I am still or have I changed? And of course, it's. I think a lot of times we feel that question asked about us, but we don't necessarily ask about other people. You know, like we see, you know, 
Uncle Bob, we don't necessarily ask like, is Uncle Bob still the same guy <laughs> inside <laughs> that I you know who he's always been? Um, I think one of the most uh, sort of interesting things about this is you know people have different. Um, there can be something great about um, the feeling that you know these people know who I am. I've always been the person I am around them. That can feel like awesome, and it can also feel like maybe you're a little trapped. Maybe you want to escape. Maybe you want to declare independence from um, the person who they think you are, the person who you used to be. Um, on the other hand, sometimes it's it's kind of sad to think, oh, I'm I'm not I'm not the person that I was back then. Mm. So the, those feelings that we have about being uh, you know continuous or being uh, you know divided up into chapters, they 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 can they can be. Um, you know, they're stories we tell ourselves with the purpose, if you know what I'm saying. They, they can be a way of bringing us closer to other people around us. They can be a way of, of creating some distance. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, I think, part of what's so interesting about, you know, big holiday gatherings with your family is you, you kind of have to, you, you find yourself wanting to get closer to the old person you've always been so that you can be closer to these people. Or you may finding yourself, uh, you may find yourself wanting to, you know, declare independence and say, you know what, I'm a little bit of a, of a new person. Maybe they're a little bit different too. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing or a good thing. It's just a, 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 a way of, of, you know, tracking our relationships with one another. Yeah. I'd say if you've been live in the last five years in this country and you haven't learned some really fundamentally new and deep things about race and gender in this country, <laughs> like I'm not really sure where you've been. Um, but maybe that can be, maybe for other people, that's something that's more easy to integrate into their continuous sense of self. I don't know. Um, let's uh, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Lily in San Francisco, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning, guys. Uh, what a fun conversation. So I wanted to call in because it's something I've always been kind of fascinated with. And if you kind of take in this idea of nature versus nurture as well, like what, what types of things are we just born with versus what types of things did we kind of learn and were ingrained in us from childhood and how we were raised. And I personally am somebody who feels like I have gone through so much growth and change in my life. And I am not the same person at all, but I recently found a box of old <laughs> report cards. Ooh, from that's fun. All <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Oh God. It was really, really interesting. I mean, I, from as far back as elementary school, like first and second grade, all the way up to high school. And I couldn't believe how every single teacher at every single age described me exactly the same way. Wow. And it was so fascinating. And then reading it back, I thought to myself, Oh yeah, that's exactly how I am now. You know, and interesting. What were the kinds also... of things? Like, give us kind of like mm -hmm. the depth of what they were saying. Yeah, I mean, well, there was definitely the element of distraction, right? <laughs> it was, oh, Lily <laughs> is very easily distracted. She's only interested in uh, something, you know, or she'll only engage in something if it's a topic that she's actually interested in. <laughs> and when she is interested in it, she's fully engaged, gets everyone else around her engaged, and really dives deep into it. Um, I mean, really, even from back when I was a little kid, I thought that was really interesting. Um, and they all mentioned about how I love making people laugh. 
right? That it's like, I'll I'll be the first one to kind of try to make people laugh. And I think people who know me now would describe me exactly the same way. But the difference too is people who like really know me, the people who really, really know me and have actually watched me, Mm -hmm. uh, they'll tell you I'm very different. But that's that. Those are sort of like the inside qualities versus the outside qualities. Yeah. You know, I show up on the outside probably the exact same way I showed up from the time I was a child, always trying to make people laugh and be goofy. But I've learned so much and I've grown so much and I've changed the way I think so much that when you engage in conversation with me, you'll really notice how I've changed. But, you know, there's a difference between outside change and inside change, too. And yeah. it's just always struck me as interesting what we're born with, what traits we're born with versus what we kind of grow into. So, yeah. anyway, uh, Lily, so much it's for great this. call. Thank you so much. Yeah. That is, that's exactly the kind of texture I was hoping people could provide for us. And, I, you know, one of the things that spins out of that for me, Joshua, is I personally feel more connected to myself at certain times in my life say when I was 13 or 17 or 29, but less so at like 21 or 35, you know, is there, <laughs> is there a sense in which maybe I just, I, I'm a continuous multi-arc, multi-plot arc kind of uh, self? Like, are there, are there variations on these themes? That's a great question. And that, those are great stories. I mean, I mean, one thing that comes to mind is there's a, um, you know, it's a famous joke, not really a joke, but I guess he called it a joke about psychoanalysis, which is, you know, it, 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 you know, you spend all those years on the couch with your analysts. It's not that it solves your problems, but it gives you a way to talk about them. It gives you more knowledge about them. And something that people experience just, you know, in order to write this article, I just talked to every single person I knew about this mm-hmm. question. And, you know, which is not a scientific approach, but it's what, it's what happened. And one thing that stood out is, you know, People change, uh, like Lily was saying, sort of in subtle internal ways that often have to do with self-knowledge. Mm-hmm. Often it's like, I, I came to know myself better over time. And maybe I, I made some small changes in who I am, but some of those changes might have to do with being comfortable with who you are rather than sort of big changes in, in the broad strokes of your personality. And I think everyone has different periods of life that looking back, they may feel are sort of more authentic or more true. To who they were um that's mm-hmm. that's you know and, and other times where maybe they were trying on um a version of themselves that didn't end up sticking you know um and you know there can be this element of feeling that you've grown you've learned and deepened and in that sense you've changed but what's changed is your self-awareness um mm-hmm. rather than your um you know the the fundamental the, the way, way of someone who just meets you would describe you yeah, yeah. yeah exactly exactly yeah that's so yeah. Um, let's go back to the funds. Let's uh, William in Oakland. Welcome. Owen, um, I just wanted to talk about um, in 1994, I dropped out of college four classes shy of a philosophy degree. Mm-hmm. And when the pandemic began, I went back to SF State and finished those four classes. And I'm now working on my final project, which is a 12 page reflective essay designed to talk about my philosophical journey from being a freshman to a senior. The interesting thing about it is that my journey hasn't been a four or five, six year process. It's been yeah. a process. Wow. With 28 years of development in between. And it's been a really, really strange uh, final project to try to sort of track this linear change. And But it has like, you know, a first marriage, a divorce, raising two kids, multiple jobs, all mixed in to finally going back and taking these four 
final philosophy classes on, you know, Descartes and things like that and consciousness now. And who I am at 52 is so different than who I was at 24. I just wanted to share that story. Thanks. Wait, hold on. Stay in the line. William, stay in the line. Stay in the line. Yeah. Um, so okay. I'm, I'm so curious about this. So you've changed as a, as a person, right? I mean, because of all those experiences you went to, you grow, you change, you get knocked down, you get back up. But if you're tracking your philosophical journey, do you feel like your actual (laughs) philosophies or the way that you kind of view the world has changed? Oh, oh, absolutely. When I was in my early twenties, I was definitely less sort of defined in who I was as a person. So, you know, I'd be reading Descartes, and at, in my early 20s, I was like, oh, yeah, sure, that makes sense. But at 52, I'm thinking, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally don't agree with that. But it was also interesting being in these classes with 20-year-olds. And, you know, I've had multiple careers, and, you know, these my fellow students are younger than my kids. <laughs> but um, a lot of my philosophical beliefs have less to do with things that I've studied and more to do with just living a life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, William, that is so interesting. Joshua, do you want to respond to anything? I just, I mean, I, I love the idea of having to write it's that a, essay. It's, yeah. it's such a great story. It's such a great story. Well, you know, one thing that, that it brings to mind is, uh, you know, in, in talking to people for this article and, and just, you know, reading different accounts of this, this sort of question, you know, most, a question that, that you have to answer to, in order to sort of think through whether you've changed is, you know, what matters what are the things that matter if they've stayed the same? And most people say, well, it's personality. That's like where our minds go. We say, well, our personality has stayed the same or our personality has changed. But your personality is only part of who you are. It also matters what you do and what you think and what you've experienced. You know, if you're the same uh, basic personality, if you have the same basic personality age 50 as you had at age 20, but in between ages 20 and 50, you had all sorts of experiences. You lived here, you, you were married or divorced, or you had children, or you went to war, or you, 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 know, you moved across the world, or, or you had intellectual changes. You, you discovered, you, know, you, you found faith, or you, you, you discovered philosophy, or, or you discovered you loved music, or whatever. Maybe your personality is the same, but these, these other changes really matter. Um, and you know, it's like if you imagine two identical twins, and, and, and they're born, but they live totally different lives. They have the same kind of personality, but you know, one is, uh, you know, one, one is breaking bad. He becomes the, the, the leader of the drug cartel and the other is the university president or whatever. They might have the same personality, but they're totally different people. Right. So I think when you think about have you changed, um, it, it, it can be so easy to focus on your personality. But, you know, these types of things like my views, my opinions, my ideas, my experiences, they, they, they're who you are as well. And, it's possible to change in so in, in that on that level dramatically to go through a hugely um, dramatic life, and then yeah, there's other parts that are that are continuous. Uh, it doesn't mean you're the same person now as you were back then. I mean, I think one reason why I find myself thinking of myself as an episodic person is that I'm like so relentlessly curious as a person. I mean, that's why I love this job a lot. That's why I loved <laughs> you know writing for magazines because you're you can just go deep and deep and deep down all these different roads. And it can feel like those things, particularly if you're working on a book, like say I have been for six years, that can feel like a whole big chapter or, you know, previous previous work. You're working on something for years and it's very hard to square that once you're out of that. It's very hard to square that with, you know, just the smooth continuum of life. 
even though maybe the same underlying personality characteristic of that kind of curiosity is animating all those different things. Mm. Um, let me, uh, let's go, uh, James in San Francisco. Welcome. Hey there. Um, yeah, this, this conversation really resonates with me. I, um, I always think about, I love thinking about change and, um, how, if I'm whether the, the same person as I am, you know, when I was little, um, and you know, I, what brought me to think about this a lot was I, uh, I got burned out in tech and I decided to totally change careers for a couple of years to just write fiction. And, uh, the, your, your, your whole thing about, um, the anthology, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, comment was very, 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 I love that because, you know, short fiction is my jam. Um, and, uh, and I'm, I always resonated with, uh, you know, being, being a dabbler as well, you know, being very, uh, 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 loving, loving to, Dive, dive deep into various different things that, you know, I think that, oh, I, I, I can do anything, right? And so what was interesting is I started writing fiction. It was really difficult, and, you know, I hadn't done that before. And I realized, you know, one day when I went back to my parents' house, um, I discovered that, you know, my dad's old 286 computer, my first computer. Oh, was my God. <laughs> that was my first computer, too, the 286, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 286, yeah, trusty 286, and I, I think I, I booted it up and went into, uh, I think it was Lotus 123 or something, oh I don't remember God. exactly what it was, and I realized, wow, I had written some short stories when I was seven or eight, and I totally forgot about it until that very moment, and when I read some of those stories, I was like, wait, some, I mean. These are my themes. Know, the, the, yeah. the I think the prose was, you know, you know obviously a seven and eight-year-old prose, but sort of the, the character and the tone and the things I was trying to do back then in my short stories was similar. <laughs> oh and gosh. so this kind of shattered my belief of like, maybe I am true and true. They are the same person. And um, there's, you know, there's this theory that uh, the memories that you think about the most are the ones that are least accurate because your brain uh, goes back and will edit that memory with the context of your current you know, knowledge. And so I felt like seeing that short story on the on the on the, on the old uh, OCR 286, screen, you know, yeah. it was uh, 286. Uh, it brought back those so fresh memories I hadn't thought about for 30 years, yeah. and it made me realize like, wow, this sort of arc of a person. Maybe I am truly the same person, and maybe I am still writing the same stories. I just said I had a gap of you know a few decades not yeah. thinking about that part of myself. Oh, um, man. So yeah, I, I just found that to be a profound experience. Yeah, <laughs> James, that is so interesting. And you know, something that's coming up for us, Josh, which I think is just it's fascinating, that people don't seem to remember their paths accurately, you know, like we <laughs> and then they go back and they find an artifact and they go, dang, that is me. It's like they go back and they see the baby photo of their mind as recorded in writing and realize maybe I'm more <laughs> continuous than I thought. The baby photo of their mind. That's a great phrase. Yeah, I mean, so one of the things that comes up in the sort of longitudinal social science attempts to figure out whether people change is that nobody remembers what they were like as kids. And, uh, you know, like, you know, you just don't remember it. Parents don't remember what their kids were like. And a lot of kids struggle, uh, a lot of grown adults struggle to remember what their parents were like um, when they were children. So that basically there's a fog and we sort of emerge or sort of thrown into the present out of this fog. Um, and one thing that stands out, I think, like in, in your story and what you said, Alexis, about sort of being a, a changeable person who's super curious and, and a journalist and a writer. And, and then, you know, this story about, about, you know, feeling that you're 
changing and you're going to become a writer, you're going to change your life is, you know, we, we, we tell us, we tell ourselves these stories in part because they motivate us to be a certain way. Um, you know, if, 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 if you want to embark on something new and you, you, you want to be a person who's, um, who's taking on new projects and who's dynamic and so on, um, you know, one thing you might say, feel about yourself is, I guess I'm just a person who's always changing. Is that actually true? Maybe, maybe, maybe not, you know, but, but maybe that's what you need. That's the kind of story you need. And conversely, like, if you're a person who's like, wants to be a, a certain way, um, you have certain ideals, um, you, you have a certain personality that you, you want to stay true to, you might say to yourself, you know, I've always been this way and I'm going to, I'm going to be true to myself. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to be the person I've I've always been. I'm not going to I'm not going to get distracted. Um, and you know, like if you imagine, we all have that experience, maybe of of like you you make the new friend who's cooler than you, and it's like, am I going to get pulled into that world, or am I going to stay true to who I am? There's <laughs> so it's, it's just these are these are stories. Sometimes, so the point is, often, yeah, you you do have experiences of feeling your feeling one one way about your your path, and then discovering, oh, I guess I've always kind of been the same way, and then. Maybe I was telling myself this story in order to um, you know, motivate myself or, or embark on something new. You know what I really can't wait for? My mom's going to listen to the show, and she's going to text me after the show, and she's going to be like, you've always been just like this. I'm sure I'm 100% <laughs> sure of it. Uh, we are talking about Joshua Rothman's uh, story in the New Yorker magazine, Are You the Same Person You Used to Be? And we are taking your calls on if you feel like you were the same person that you were 5, 10, or 20 years ago, or do you feel like your past self is a stranger? The number is 866-733-6786, or you can leave a comment. The email is forum at kqed.org. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We are talking with New Yorker Magazine's ideas editor, Joshua Rothman, also a writer for the magazine with a piece called Are You the Same Person You Used to Be? Uh, We have some really interesting comments. I'm just going to do a little block of them here. Uh, Rachel writes, My experience, having traversed many chapters, is that the outer has changed enormously, and in the inner, I become more of who I always was. All religions say we have an essential self or soul. That feels deeply true to my experience. Noel tweets, I have more wisdom now. 
It's getting harder to be that person who is open, trying new things, and looking at myself in the mirror does not reflect how I see myself. Wendy writes in to say, When I was younger, I prided myself on what made me different. As I get older, I look for commonalities. This at a time when our society is finding all kinds of ways to differentiate. And here's uh, one I want to ask you about, Joshua. Anne writes in to say, I'm 56 years old. I believe going through a nasty divorce for the past five years has changed me. I'm not the same trusting person I was, and I think this is a good thing. I won't be taken advantage of in the same way. I'll probably make new mistakes. I went through the Hoffman process, which has as its tagline, if you're serious about change. And as an experiential total immersion therapy, I understand where I came from, and I'm appreciative of all who I am, even that trusting person who was taken advantage of. A couple interesting things about that comment. I, I do want to ask about sort of like big life events and, you know, or traumas that people go through of various kinds and whether telling these stories to ourselves can um, can do something for us. And I also wonder if there's if there's a bonus to trying out the other way of seeing a life. Like if you're a divider, trying out being a continuer. And if you're a continuer, is it worth trying out being a divider? Great questions and great comments and stories. Um, you know, so in thinking through, you know, in a, or trying to think through in a kind of serious way, this question, like, do you change or, you know, are you the same person your whole life? Well, one of the things you got to confront is we all change. You know, there's no question about it. Like, we're all getting older every day, for example. And the, the things we did on a typical day when we were 17 and the things we do on a typical day now uh, if we're not 17, are totally different um, in good ways and bad ways. And the reality of changing through life, well, we're all changing through life. Um, and that doesn't mean that, you know, we've changed, quote unquote. It just means change is part of life. That's that's obvious. And big events that happen in your life, of course, they create change in your life. Um, and, and then there's there's layers to this. There's, you know, at the same time, we all feel that there are things that are that are the same, and we may seek at different times to uh, hold on to those things, to highlight those things, to focus on those things, to put those things at the center of the story that we're telling. Um, you know, part of um, the way that life unfolds is, it seems to me, is you know, you're you're always changing, and you're always thinking about that fact. Um, and I think you know, when we when we started talking at the beginning of this conversation, you know, we mentioned my you know our kids. And I think it's one of the most interesting things about having a little kid is seeing when they become conscious of the fact that they're changing. You know, like mm -hmm. my son has just started to realize, he's just started to get nostalgic, he's four, just started to get nostalgic about the stuff we used to do when he was three and a half. Wow. <laughs> um, and, you know, knowing that you're changing is is part of what it is to be a person, and having a view on that. Um, and and also, you know, knowing that uh, there's things that are that are the same uh, amidst all that that continuity. So I think when you when you're asking, um, you know, when, you, when you're thinking about something like you've gone through a, a really tough time, you know, I think we've all gone through really tough times in life that are really hard and you emerge changed from that, no question. Um, and you, um, you, you may though have different ways of understanding that experience. Mm -hmm. You may say something really, uh, really decisive, like, I guess I'm a totally different person now. Or you may say something like, I've had a totally surprising experience, mm. but I'm still the same person uh, underneath. And yeah. 
you know, there's no right and, answer. Yeah, that was definitely Anne's experience of it, right? Of like, I love yeah, that person no... that I was, even if I've I've changed and I recognize her as part of me too. So, God, so interesting. Um, um, let's go back to the phone lines real quick. Uh, Jill in San Mateo. Welcome, Jill. Hi, Alexis. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for calling. Thanks for you do such a wonderful job hosting forums. So I appreciate you. I just wanted to um, share my experience. I am a memoir nonfiction writer. I'm working on my second book, and so I'm constantly having to think about memory and self. And I've been working on my book for more than ten years, and so I am constantly going back to pieces I wrote years ago and saying, "Am I still this self?" Am I not? And do I keep it or do I change it? Or what parts do I keep? What parts do I change? And, you know, my book is about kind of the development of anxiety over the course of my life and culminating in, you know, postpartum anxiety, you know, having an infant in the pandemic and kind of reconstructing it. But I'm having to search for threads and say, how did this manifest as a child? How does it manifest now? And so it's fascinating the ways in which I see myself on the page and say, I'm a different person than the person who wrote this and deciding, you know, having to decide what to keep in terms of the story that I want to tell as well as being honest about that. And I'll often have the experience where I'll even find a sentence or I'll write a sentence. I'll be like, oh, that was really good. And then I'm looking through the book. and I'm like, oh, I already wrote a sentence (laughs) in a totally different chapter. So I'm thinking a lot about self and memory and how it changes. And so I really appreciate this conversation. You know, I think this is why I've never written memoir like that. It just seems so hard to have like the wave front of your consciousness continuing to move along. And yet you've got to look back and capture mm-hmm. these moments. I, it just seems like as a creative challenge, so, so difficult. So uh, a salute to you for for taking yeah, that on. Um, I yeah. Um, you know, had a couple of other um, interesting ones that are also, you know, kind of around language uh, as well. Not not writers, but around immigration and, and language change. Ching writes, mm-hmm. fascinating conversation. I have changed a lot, if not into a completely different person through immigration from the from China to the U.S. Through language, used to be in Chinese until 32 years old, now exclusively in English, and I'm 50. Among many other aspects, like other people, marriage, etc. But when I'm around my family, I see they are pulling me back to the old self. Part of it is they keep reminding me who I should be, however I've changed. And part of it is they haven't changed as much as I have, possibly. And Rook tweets, language, which is also part of the immigration experience, but speaking writing in a different language changed the way I think and see myself. This one, this really strikes me because sometimes I imagine to myself that there's a part of my father that is just not accessible to me because it is like a... It is a the Spanish of his childhood does particular things, I think. Uh, and because I don't have full access to that, I feel like there's a part of his self that is is kind of there and not here with us, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, one thing I feel, you know, one thing I came to feel when 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 writing about this material was that, you know, we all I think a lot of us have the sense like, oh, um, We've changed a lot, but those other people in our family haven't changed that much. <laughs> That's a really common thing you hear. And I, I certainly feel that way. Um, but, you know, part of that is because you, you don't know all of a person. You know, you just know a part of, of a person's experience. There may be um, the, the life they had. Um, you know, if, if they're, if they're your, your, fit, your, 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 your sibling who you see a couple times a year, you don't see them in their job. Maybe their job is 
they're a different person in that job, you know. Um, if they're your if they're your grandparent, maybe, you know, maybe you didn't you didn't see them when they were young and and had a different life. Um, and so there's, there's a kind of thing where we all feel like we're changing a lot. Um, maybe some of us do. Um, and we feel other people are kind of, oh, you know, old, reliable, so-and-so, but, but we all just have, you know, app, you know, a window onto, onto life. And, and that's even, you know, that's true of our own lives because we don't remember necessarily. We don't think too hard until we find that diary from the past that shows us what we were like back then. We don't necessarily know. Um, so there's, there's such a funny dynamic of, of, sort of we're all in, in a little bit of a fog and then yeah. you sort of discover things about yourself or about other people. Um, and, and, and they could be surprising. Um, yeah. let's, uh, let's go to, uh, Joan in San Rafael. Welcome, Joan. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, this topic is so timely for me. I'm turning 60 in January and I'm actively in the process of thank you. And I'm developing what my next chapter is going to be. And uh, through lots of thinking and lots of experience, I've come to embrace the fact that I am a salesperson through and through um, <laughs> and all that that implies. And to me, it's been a very positive experience uh, starting from when I was 16 and decided I needed my first job and borrowed my dad's car and went to the shopping center and uh, determined to walk into every store that was interesting to me and ask for an application and see if I could get an interview. And I wasn't going to leave until I had a job. And I did. And I've applied those skills now in a broad variety of fields, everything from uh, high-end commercial banking to the world of custom furniture. And through that, I've distilled my own personal definition of what a salesperson is and why it's a noble and good and required valuable (laughs) profession Uh if it's done with integrity and honesty, and uh, through that process, I've come to embrace the fact that, yes, I am a salesperson, and I love it, and I do it well, and it can be of value to the people I'm going to be working with in my next chapter. That is so interesting. We have, Joan, uh, we have another question on this kind of uh, career, so I'm going to go straight back-to-back, Carol in Petaluma, and then we can take these two together. Welcome, Carol. Hi. Thank you. Um, I was wondering if the article had anything to say about career and personality, and because I've always wondered that. I am a family physician, and um, I actually was a nurse before I went to medical school, so I thought I knew what I was getting into. Um, but I went to med school in San Diego. Downtown hospital was pretty rough, and then I did my residency in Modesto, in the 19, early 1990s, which was really rough, a lot of heroin, a lot of really hard things. And if you asked me what I thought of my training, I would say I was surprised by how much death I saw. Mm. I went into private practice, and I only stayed there five years because it just seemed like I saw a lot of worried well people, and I really wanted to tackle real problems. And I ended up working with the severely developmentally disabled for the rest of my career. Mm. And I often wonder, and I'm, and my daughter says, you are so no nonsense. (laughs) But when I look at the, at the things I've seen, which, you know, I won't elaborate on, I don't have a lot of tolerance for whining or anything (laughs) like that. And so I wonder 
if he's explored that, how your yeah. career can then shape you yeah. subsequently. I, I'm so curious about this, Joshua. I mean, there is social science, but I'm not sure it's like tackled precisely this. Well, this is such a good question is, you know, how does what we do define who we are? Um, and, you know, one way of asking that question is, is like, how did it change my personality? How did my job shape my personality? Um, and that's totally fascinating. You know, another way of just noting, uh, of thinking about this is just by focusing on what you did. Just, just actually thinking about how you spent your time and whether when you were young, you could have predicted that um, and whether that's now what you do today. You know, that would be another way of dividing up your life is, is really thinking about the substance of, of how you spend your time, which is what a lot of us do at work. You know, we, 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 we devote our, we, we give our time to something um, that's, that's very specific and maybe, you know, something that if you were to go back and, and, and think about when you were a kid, is this what you pictured, you know? Some of these things, no, they're just not what you pictured, but it's it's what you did. Um, you know, w- what I'd say is is there's a, you know, I guess two things. You know, first, like I, I left the work on this on this on this subject feeling sort of very drawn to the idea that that you should think about not just your personality, but the totality of what your life is made of when you're trying to decide how you feel about whether you changed. That you know, it's so easy to focus on the stuff about you know, like. Just what what type of person am I? But that's sort of things that that are you know they're visible from the outside. But if you were to write your biography, you know, write your memoir, write you know, if someone were to give your eulogy or whatever, they would focus a lot also on what you did. You know, the people you affected, the the work you accomplished, the the hobbies you had, you know, the details of your life, and they matter a lot too. And you can change a lot through those details, which are very important. You know. Um, mm. So, so, you know, I, I think about that a lot when I think about work um, and, and how, how it affects us. You know, it can shape our personalities, but it's also just a part of who we are. And, and it's, it's, it's not like it doesn't matter if it didn't change who we are. It, it, it matters a lot. Um, Carolyn, Joan, thank you so much for both those questions. Yeah. I, I'm fascinated by the incorporation of salesperson as a key sort of like identity story. It's like really interesting. Um, a couple things on parenting going in two different directions. Uh, Caroline writes in to say, I just wanted to highlight how crazy the changes have been for me personally and probably for others as they become parents. Not only is there the incredibly fast transition between phases from changes in my body and experiences as my baby grew inside me to the quick developmental changes in three months, six months, year one, year five, year eight, mm-hmm. exclamation point, got an eight-year-old perhaps, and dealing with the public school system, <laughs> but also the change that came about with the opportunity to finally experience unconditional love. Although in some ways the trauma of life has stripped the more innocent and carefree aspects of myself away, experiencing the true love for my kids and their innocence has given it back to me. And in some ways, I am more me than I was previously, a little bit more confident in knowing that I can try and fail, and I will still be loved and appreciated. On the other side of things, Grace writes in to say, So many people say that becoming a parent completely changed them. I did not have that experience. When I became a parent, I still felt like the same person, but with a huge new priority and with the structure of my life reorganized around me. I'm curious, how much does parenthood typically change a person on the inside? Great questions and experiences that a lot of people have in common, you know. Um, well, you know, I guess, and this is kind of a good way maybe of summing up some of this, some of the ways of thinking about this question, the continuity in your life is, 
one of the things that struck me when I started to talk to lots of people about this question was how strongly we hold the views we we happen to have. So I think a lot of people just, you have a gut feeling, you know, about whether you've changed or whether you've stayed the same. But if you step back, you just have to admit that, yeah, if pushed, you could tell an alternative story. You know, like if 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 you were if you were just in a different frame of mind or around your old friends or at your workplace or whatever, you know, depending where you focus your attention, yeah, you could tell a story that that things have changed. You could tell a story that, that you're still the same. And what I guess I find most interesting, what I found most interesting for me personally, after having kind of dwelt on this for a while, is just the it's interesting to try to tell yourself a story that you don't usually tell yourself, to try to see it from the other point of view. I think of myself as a person who's changed a lot. Um, and I, I, I'm in the group that says, that feels that parenthood has changed me a great deal. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it can be useful, like actually useful in a self-help kind of way, um, in, a, in a kind of understanding yourself way, for me to ask myself, well, but have I changed? How much of the way I am now is actually the same way that I was before? What, what do I know now? And what, what could be revealed to me if I focused for a change on the ways I've been always the same. Uh, and conversely, if you're someone who feels you've always been the same your whole life, well, that's a story that is totally reasonable to tell yourself, but probably you're also skipping over some interesting chapters mm -hmm. <laughs> there that that get kind of hidden under the, the broader arc of, of, of continuity. And it can be really useful to say to yourself, hmm, let, let me try Flip to see this around. from another perspective. Yeah. I'm, that's yeah, what I'm gonna take away from this. I really, I really appreciated that thought. Um, I also, last, last comment, Eileen writes, I turned 70 this month. I couldn't resist inhaling the helium from a birthday balloon and singing a silly song to text to my siblings. My 76-year-old brother sent me a picture of myself at two years old, giggling and waving wildly. His caption, some things don't change. We have been talking with Joshua <laughs> Rothman, ideas editor and a writer at The New Yorker about his piece. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. This was great fun. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with guest host Leslie McClurg. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them, with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. 
Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.